Go ahead and open your Bibles with me to Galatians uh, chapter 1, and we're going to pick up in verse number 18 today. Galatians chapter 1, verse number 18. Uh, we're going to start in verse number 11, read down verse 18 and start. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure, and I tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. And understand, uh, in the Bible, there's Jews and there's Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Okay? He says, To reveal a son to me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, the non-Jews. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. In other words, I didn't go talk to someone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were the apostles before me, Peter, James, John. But I went to Arabia and returned again to, um, to Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to see Peter, and I remained with him for... 15 days. So we know the story. Acts chapter number 9, Paul comes to know Christ. Instead of going up to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles, he goes out into the deserts of Arabia for three years. And then after three years, he goes up to Jerusalem to meet Peter. And he remained with Peter for 15 days, he says there. And again, from the time of Paul's conversion until the time he arrived in Jerusalem, um, was three years because he's trying to establish the fact that he was not seeking their approval. And he says in verse number 19, um, but I saw none of the other apostles. The only ones I saw was James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things that I write to you indeed before God, I do not lie. So he says upon his arrival in Jerusalem, Paul sees an apostle that he refers to as James, the Lord's brother. Now, this can be a very controversial verse in the Bible because for many years the Roman church has taught the doctrine that is referred to as the perpetual virginity of Mary. And that doctrine teaches that Mary never had any other children after the birth of Jesus. The problem with that is that, is that it is hard to substantiate using scripture. It's church tradition. It, it's, it definitely has not been derived from the scriptures themselves because the Bible teaches pretty clearly that Mary and Joseph had more children after the birth of Jesus. I mean, think about it. Uh, the Bible speaks about um, he, is, he, he was their firstborn son. Why would, you know, when it talks about God and Jesus, it says his only begotten son. But when it refers to Jesus being the son of Mary, it says her first son, her firstborn. Now, you wouldn't say firstborn if there wasn't a secondborn or possibly a thirdborn, would you? I mean, I don't introduce my wife as this is my first wife. Well, she's my only wife. The only reason I would say this is my first wife is because I have a second wife, which I don't have a second wife. So I'm just going to introduce my wife as my wife. Okay, so um, matter of fact, there, there's scriptures in Mark chapter six, verse number number three. It says, "Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us?" And they were offended at him. In other words, they were a cause to stumble by him. Now, 
That clearly says that Mary had at least three more boys. Their names were the brother James, Joseph, Judah, and Simon. Okay, and obviously James, the Lord's brother that Paul is referring to here in verse numbers 19 and 20 is referring to one of those boys named James. Uh, and then it says, are not his sisters here with us? Now, we don't know how many sisters Jesus had, but he obviously had more than one, or it wouldn't say sisters. So we're looking at four, five, six possible siblings of Christ. So the perpetual virginity of Mary, that doctrine is very hard to derive from the scriptures. To further press the point, the Bible also tells us that Jesus' brothers were married. And it says in 1 Corinthians 9, 5, have we not power to lead about a wife, a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles and as the brethren of the Lord and even Peter? Notice that it says the brethren of the Lord. This is not referring to some spiritual brethren. It's referring to biological brethren. Also, the Bible says that his brothers had a hard time dealing with him as the Messiah in John 7, verses 1 through 9. Um, let's look over there. John chapter number 7 and verses 1 through 9. We see, And after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Ah, pretty good reason. Now, the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. And his brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. And Jesus, of course, said to them, My time is not yet, yet come, but your time is always ready. So it's referring to his brothers. They were literally daring Jesus to go into to Judea to his own hurt. These were Jesus's brothers. <laughs> My grandmother used to say, son, as long as you have family, you'll never lack for enemies. The older I get, the more I realize how true that is. Now look in chapter number two, uh, Galatians chapter number two, and let's get a little background. This chapter is very interesting to me in that we find Paul comparing the gospel that he had been preaching with the gospel that the apostles had been preaching to see if they were the same. Because remember, Paul had not set under the teaching of Jesus directly. Now he may have been, he was probably in the, in, in the crowd, but he didn't set under those intimate times of teaching at the feet of Christ. But he had received all of his training while he was attending Desert Theological Seminary. You know, that's the time, the three years that he spent on the backside of the desert after his conversion experience in Acts chapter number nine. It was apparent that, that it was then that he received all of the knowledge that he had in regards to who Jesus really was and about what he was to preach. Now it says in verse number one, then 14 years later, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and I took Titus with me also. So obviously a time period had elapsed of 14 years from the time he had went up after three years in the desert to visit with Peter and saw James, the Lord's brother. 14 years had elapsed and now he's going back in into Jerusalem. Now what was the occasion of him going back into Jerusalem? Well, um, notice it says in verse 2, And I went up to Jerusalem and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. 
but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I had I should run or had run in vain. In other words, Paul wanted to make sure that the gospel that he had been preaching, that he had received out in the deserts of Arabia, was the same gospel that the that the apostles themselves had been preaching. Now this is closely related to Acts chapter number 15. In Acts chapter number 15, we have what's called the Jerusalem Council. When Paul came back up into Jerusalem, and I believe it's it's being referred to right here in chapter number two, to talk about whether or not portions of the law had to be kept for salvation. Okay? When he said that he suffered at the hands of false brethren, Make no mistake about it, they, are, they still abound today. Peter spoke of them in 2 Peter 2, 1-3 when he said, But there were false apostles, or false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. Okay, There's false teachers. There was false teachers then, and there's false teachers now. There are teachers that come over our radio waves and through our television sets and through our, our um, androids and our tablets and our apps that are false. I just read about one the other day that said something just incredibly unbiblical. I mean, almost heretical what he said. I, I'm hoping that he spoke out of turn or out of, out, you know, and, and he apologizes for it. But there, he's, he's leaving a track record right now that's leading me and many others to believe that he's apparently fallen off the rails. Okay. With that in mind, what is our liberty? Now, obviously, in context, Paul is talking about the law, that salvation is by faith and grace alone, not of works, lest any man should boast. No more bondage to the law. In contrast to the commands of Christ, which is love your God with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your neighbor as, our, as yourself, the Pharisees had developed a system of over 613 laws. 365 of those were negative. 248 of those were were positive. Unfortunately, by the time the Lord Jesus came, it had produced a heartless, cold, arrogant brand of righteousness. As such, it contained 10 tragic flaws. 